Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. Hey, it's Todd Duncan. I want to welcome you to another episode of our Where Success Happens podcast. You guys know that most of the time we come at a topic from an angle of how do we become more successful? And certainly that's a part of our life journey. Um, I wanted to add a layer today. I wanted to add the layer where significance happens. And I think on the other side of success is significance. And I think significance is something that is you know, really, really worth talking about and exploring. And I'm going to do that with a good friend of mine whose name is John Jones. John, I've known each other for uh, quite a while. It's been a remarkable friendship. Uh, he has studied under me and it's been a joy to, to teach him as a mortgage professional. And uh, we've uh, welcomed John to our podcast today. John, it's good to have you with us and thanks for joining. Thanks for having me, Todd. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. Literally. Thought, <laughs> huh? Literally. It's great to be here, literally. Yeah, no, and I think everybody will understand uh, the spirit of that statement in in, uh, in in a moment or so. So I, um, you know, I want to go all the way back to um, 2015, and uh, I got something from you that I had not intended on getting, and uh, it was right before Sales Mastery. It was, you know, we we're getting ready to to kick off Sales Mastery, and uh, I got an email from you a couple days before the event began. And I, you know, I don't want to read that, that, that email. I still have a copy of it, as you know, but can you tell us just the nature of that email and, and where you were and, and what was going on in your life that caused you to write that and just uh, walk us through it. So the nature of that email comes from uh, July 2nd, I actually started it when I was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic neuroendocrine cancer on um, July 2nd of that year. And there was a lot of uncertainty going on in my life in that period of time. And I don't like uncertainty. <laughs> so I think um, a lot of that was kind of bringing you up to speed. I knew Sales Mastery was going on. I had been attending Sales Mastery for years. And, and I loved it. And that was the first one I was actually going to miss. I was going through treatment. Times were rough. I didn't know if I was getting better. I didn't know what was going on. So a lot of that letter was to kind of tell you because I knew how important Sales Mastery was to you. Um, you know, because fortunately we've been friends for a number of years and I've seen you backstage and we've been out to dinner together and I know how that's you. I mean, there is no, nothing else other than that. There's nothing that you are better at than helping people like me. So a lot of that was, was break a leg to you quite, <laughs> quite honestly. Um, you know, it was the first one I had missed and it was at one of those masteries that I made a decision to go all in and, and buy into this. You know, I met a lot of good friends at sales mastery. We were just talking about one of them texted me. You know, those relationships you got there uh, make a difference and, and, and mean a lot. But was that one of those sales masteries that I made a decision to let's get serious? I don't want to I've been successful in my career um, up to a level where I didn't want the level of my business to exceed my capacity to be a good um, father and husband uh, at both times. I saw what, you know, top producers and all the headaches that they sometimes had. So I just uh, went with went with what we got and I, you know, uh, went to mastery. We read high trust. We read, we read time traps. Uh, I went to boot camp. I brought my assistant and we built a system and I'm so glad I did it when I did it 
because those those years that I had before it allowed me to build my referral network and my income stream. So that I had told you in that letter, I told you my wife had actually hurt and broken her hip earlier in that year it was our first test of the year. And then as she recovered is when I was diagnosed, but I discovered following those principles, the customers didn't go away. There were more of them. So a yeah. lot of my hope with that letter when I sent it to you was so that you'd get a smile on your face, you know, going out to sales mastery. I wanted you to feel great going into it. And that if you got through to one more person or, you know, in, in your case, what you did with it was unexpected, uh, but totally fine with me. I've got nothing to hide. But if we can get one more person to make that decision and do the Indiana Jones and step off the cliff and <laughs> realize there's solid footing beneath you, just just do what's important first, you know, um, for your for your family, for your kids, for your business. And, and it's going to be fine. No matter what you do, it's going to be fine. <clears throat> so that is definitely a mode of significance if you all are really tracking with John. And uh, John, your energy and your clarity right now is is just beautiful. And I think back to that email and I think the thing that really got me inspired as I read it. And of course, not knowing the uh, knowing anything cancer stage four is is ridiculously, you know, important and and and, and hard to deal with. And and from the very, very start, you had a indomitable spirit. And one of the things that was interesting about that email is you talked and you kind of alluded to it here, but I think what ended up happening, and again, this is six years ago or so. Mm -hmm. Um you, your family was, because you had followed high trust, you had followed the methodologies, you were actually not terribly worried about your family. The house was kind of, uh, I guess, as they say, in order as much as it could be in order. Can you just talk briefly to anybody watching this that um, needs to understand what that means? Well, I think what that means is when, um, you know, when a doctor tells you you have stage four cancer and the first oncologist told me to go home and get ready um, because there was nothing they could do for us. I said, OK, well, I'm not ready for that. So let's go talk to another oncologist. And I met, um, you know, fortunately up here in the Boston area, I went to Dana-Farber and they've had fantastic teams of doctors, nurses, phlebotomists, parking valets, everybody there is just, just, just absolutely great. And what they were able to do for me and give me time to put everything in order. And that's really, you know, the one thing we talk about is our 86,400 seconds per day, but nobody tells you how many days. Right. When you realize that, wow, I don't know how many days I got left here. Let's get this all in order. So, you know, I was able to take what I had, you know, and I knew at that point, the final chapter in my book was written. I already knew it at that point, that the final chapter, that part's done. What can I do between here and the start of that final chapter? to make my family's world a better place, first and foremost? What can I do to make somebody else's world a better place between here and there? And so by concentrating and being the type of person I was analytical, I just kind of game planned it and said, all right, you know, as far as the mortgage on the house goes, let's let this thing run its course. And my kids were 12 and nine, now they're 18 and 15. And so in order to get there, you know, and I was lucky with treatment and, and all the time that I've had, but I was able to pay down the house significantly. We've been able to move all of the money into, you know, secure investments that are going to take care of themselves. But a lot of making sure the life insurance and especially the disability insurance was was out there. And I talk a lot about um, some of the support I had at one of my companies I worked for were, were just great and how they supported me. But and then telling me, you know, thank God, thank God, thank God, you checked off the boxes you did. 
when you went through this disability enrollment, I never knew anything about disability mm -hmm. insurance, nor thought I was going to need it at age 35. And, you know, it ends up at year f age 40. I needed it right after the warranty expired. I needed it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, in, in order to do that, if I hadn't done what we did the years prior to that, that disability insurance w either wouldn't have been there or would have looked a lot different to the point where having my house in order meant that the insurance companies were now on the hook to pay me, you know, at least a comparable wage to what I was earning so that I didn't have to worry about the mortgage payments. I didn't have to worry about my family's lifestyle changing. They're still able to go skiing. They're still able to do the things that they want to do and play ball. And that's what it meant for me to have my house in order. But if I didn't make that decision when I made it back in 2012 or 13, I wouldn't have been in the position um, I'm in now. And luckily, we didn't lose our house. Uh, I hear all these horror stories about people that, you know, just because they didn't check off the right box. And it's... Yeah, yeah no. And you said at the end of that letter, I think one of the things that, and this is the original email, one of the things you said to everybody, and I shared it with a couple thousand people that year, is you said, get your financial house in order. And I think that is a remarkable... Um, a remarkable strength to be able to understand the foresight, which most of the time we don't have. It's usually hindsight, right? And you had some foresight and you made some things happen that, you know, protected the family. And I, I want to say this to anybody that's watching our podcast, viewing it, listening to it, whether you're in real estate, lending, you know, in sales, whatever you're in, the financial house has to be in order. You've got to do the right things. You've got to get protection. You've got to make smart choices and you've got to, you got to take care of number one, which is, which is you and your family. And, and I remember at the end of that email, that's what you said. My, my, my wish to all people listening to this or watching this or reading this at some point was that they understand this. And uh, I think it's remarkable that Jackie and the boys, you know, have that um, based on what you're going through. So I admire that, man, and, and I appreciate it. And I will tell you that already, you know, tens of thousands of people have heard my version of your story. And what is so beautiful about right now in this moment is we get to have that with you. And so I, I'm just going to take a picture because I never want to forget this. So hang on. <laughs> I appreciate it. So I just added up on my calculator. If you saw me looking down, it wasn't because I was not listening to you. <laughs> no, no. It looks like because you um, are a fighter and you chose, you know, not to listen to the first oncologist that, you know, you're somewhere around plus 2000 days. Right. And uh, you look at that and you just go, OK, so so whatever we go through in life it's really important to understand that life has highs and lows. And it also is important to understand that um, those peaks and valleys exist and we've got to deal with them uh, and deal with what emerges. Talk a little bit about how you have done that. I mean, how have the peaks and the valleys uh, inspired you, challenged you, scared you? I mean, what's, what is your, what did you do? How'd you do it? How are you where you are right this moment? Well, where I am right this moment is I'm just, uh, I'm day by day at this moment. As far as the last five years have gone, you know, as far as um, highs and lows go, I mean, the highs, I never really get too high because I know, you know, at the end of the day that this is a disease that, you know, the goal is not to die from it, but to die with it, you know, and whatever happens, it, it could be anything. It could be any in our society today. God knows any of the number of crazy things that could happen from somebody running a red light to anything else. So every day, every day with my family is an absolute blessing. 
I've done the absolute best I can. As far as two lows go, you know, yes, I get, I get down, but the best thing is I get, um, I get, I get text messages. I get people all day long, just checking in on me. How are you doing? What's going on, bud? You know, you're, you're one of them, uh, former people. I got an umpire right now texting me, let me know he's back behind the plate for a game this afternoon. First time, first time in a year he's behind the plate and kids psyched. So <laughs> it just, that, that to me means a lot. You know, all, all the stuff I get, I get, I get players. Um, I got a picture of a player of mine today sent to me and he's uh, now a U.S. Coast Guardsman off uh, up in Maine. And he's driving those, driving those boats that go through the 27 foot waves and he's just, hey, Coach John, I wanted to check in on you, see how you're doing. Oh, and, you know, and he's hanging off the boat and he's in his full survival gear. And it's, and it's awesome. Um, so th those are the ones that tug at the heartstrings a little bit when I get reached out to by players. I've reached out to my former coaches, you being one of them, and just told them, you know, how, how important that you guys have been to me over the years. You know, my high school basketball coach taught me how to compete when I was physically outsized up against bigger opponents and opponents that were just better than me. Um, but he also taught me how to fight. And if you're going to beat me, you, you, you're going to have to earn it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it's very interesting that as we, as we have this, this conversation, I, I spent a couple hours last night just going back through, you know, our text messaging and checking in with you and then, you know, getting the message that I got from you more recently and just, just realizing that, um, you know, we're talking about staying strong and I'm just scrolling through and you were really proud of uh, uh, conquering your addiction to email. You sent me a, <laughs> you sent me a, a screenshot that you have almost 13,000 uh, unanswered emails. And, uh, you know, it's just it, it's it's amazing um, in my mind, not because of what you said earlier, that at some level we are all at risk every day. You know, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it, we can be at risk in a traffic accident. We can be at risk by somebody drinking and driving. We can be at risk. I was at risk a couple of months ago in my airplane and uh, my engine failed on takeoff. And it was like, okay, what am I going to do on 700 feet over the runway? I got to talk about that offline. I land this thing, I'm going to die, you know? And and so to to just know stuff happens and and so often, uh, it is not something that we orchestrate, you know, or architect. It's just what life does. It, it presses in on us. And I think the reason why this is special is on January 25th, um, you sent me a text and, you know, the text uh, simply read, uh, Todd, the doc told me that I'm near the end of day. The liver's failing. There's not much more they can do. Um, weeks, months, you've been a huge influence for me. The family's in a good position. We talked about that. Nobody tells you how many days. Don't waste them. And so you have squeezed the juice out of the last, you know, five, five and a half, six years. You've done everything you can. And I think that has a lot to do with why we're doing this podcast and you're still standing. And, uh, you know, a lot of people would have given up and you didn't give up. So you've been, I use the word, I use two R words with you all the time. I use relentless and I use remarkable. And I feel that your journey has required a relentless positive attitude. And I think the reason I use the word remarkable is because when I look at you and I feel you, um, I know that you're a remarkable human being and that there's, there's no way you would be where you are right this moment if you weren't relentless and if you didn't just keep going. <sighs> How, how, I mean, how have you been able to say, stay so strong in the midst of all this? Besides the obvious, you know, you, we fight for life, right? But how yeah, we, we fight for life. It's, you know, how do I stay strong? It's one thing that, 
I, I, I don't look at it that way at all. I just look at myself as a guy that's been put in this position and it's, you know, there's no choice. I don't have a choice in the matter because I would have taken almost anything else. Um, you know, I, I come to a decision at the end of the day, I do what my doctor suggests and, you know, it's take a left or take a right. What do you do? Um, the hardest part about this is them talking to me and saying, look, there's nothing we can do for you at this point. Anything we do is going to shorten your, your lifespan and, and hurt your quality of life. So, you know, what do you want to do? You know, let nature take its course. That's, and they're, they're talking to me about this and it just goes against every fiber in my body to say, <laughs> yeah, okay, I want to do that. I don't want to do that. You know, and, you know, we hope, you know, do we, I, I hope, I pray, you know, I, I, I look at everything that's out there and I know some of the stuff might be too late for me, but if it can help one other person, I'll, I'll donate tissue to any research cause you have. I'll, I'll, I'll do anything I can to help anybody else. Um, I have a friend that's a, said that to me the other night and he kept saying it over and over again about being strong. And I just said, man, he happens to be a recovering addict. And I said, you know, I, I didn't have a choice, but you did. You know, you had a choice to continue going down the path you were going down and that would have come out with an outcome we both know, but you took the harder choice and you've made that choice every day you wake up in those 5,000 days since. Or, yeah, I think we came up with a similar number. I added up his days that he's coming up was about 20,000 days. And it's, you know, that's the harder of the two uh, of, of what you did. So I don't view myself as strong. I do view myself as I don't quit. But, yeah. uh, you know, what, what other people have gone through is far worse than what I've, what I've had to put up with, um, you know, kids or people or just the faces, of the looks on the faces of some moms as you walk around the hospital. I wouldn't want to be in anybody else's position. Um, I'm just grateful to be in, in mine and know that I've done the best I can. There's really nothing else you can do. That's why you're remarkable. That's why you're remarkable. We had a real spe uh, special moment um, after I, I got that text in and we were talking. And I think that it was within a day or two after you getting, you know, that message from your doctor. And we were talking about we're talking about a word that I didn't know how important it was to you. And you probably did not know that I was going to use that word, but I used the word grit and it was amazing. I can still, I feel goosebumps just talking about it. I remember in that moment we were FaceTiming and you were talking about, I think one of the greatest inspirations you've had in your life, which is your boys in baseball. And, um, Talk about grit. Just talk about it from the standpoint of your family and you. And, and obviously the listeners and viewers right now already know you have grit. But I thought it was a special moment when we discovered what that word meant together. Two guys coming at it from, you know, we're by coastal and all of a sudden, boom. So walk us through that. That was special. Four little letters, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you got me. You got me crying right now. Just so you know. <laughs> so grit was a word that we came up with. Um, my son plays travel baseball, and a bunch of his friends that he's competed against over the years. It, it, everything just kind of came together, and they formed their team. And the guy that's running it um, does a fantastic job. But that's been one of his things. You know, we're this bunch of outcasts. We're this this bad news bears club of nobodies. And you're going up against this team that's got a big name behind him. And this team's got a big name behind him. And this guy's got a famous coach that doesn't go to the games, but you know, he just cashes the checks. You know, so you boys can go out there and you can outcompete and you can fight and you're not the biggest, but you've got grit. 
And that's the way they play the game. And I love these kids. You know, they'll go out, they'll bunt, and they'll they'll steal from first to third on a bunt play. And the other team's looking around like, what just happened? You know, and just these kids are relentless in how they play. And it's next man up. It's, you know, you got your, your sometimes we're not able to play every kid the whole game because we have a lot of players on the team. So it's next guy up. You played your two innings, come on out. Next guy goes in, and those kids go right to the bench, and they cheer for their teammate. It's not there at bat, but we don't have kids putting their head down and, you know, sulking because they're not in the game. And my these boys won the, won the 14-year-old state championship last year in our state. So I couldn't be any, any prouder of that bunch of bunch of nobodies. And uh, this year I'm, I'm helping to design. One thing I do is anything I can that I'm able to do. I can't go out and teach the curveball anymore. I can't give batting practice or throw, or throw batting practice like I used to. But, you know, we're, we're doing our designs for our shirts. And we got the kids a practice shirt this for It gets hot here in the summer. And so instead of a name panel on the back, we're just going to have grit is going to be the the name piece on every kid's every kid's jersey for our, our practice jerseys and our game alternate jerseys this summer. And I just I just want to get to see some games. <laughs> well, you know, and it's I think it's interesting, too, that that we do lock on, um, I think, in in moments like you're involved in right now. And, you know, um, I, I, I had a cancer diagnosis and and uh, my situation turned out differently. It wasn't as severe a type of cancer, but it still forces you every time you 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 even anticipate hearing that something like that would happen you know getting the call and and being told it it changes uh your perspective and i think one of the things that and i'd like to get your perspective on this and it might be that there's nothing um radically different than maybe what you've already said but i think um i think you know having a wife that died from cancer um looking at good friends like you um, and looking at attitude versus you know, positive attitude versus negative attitude. Um, there's this, there's, I think there's a balancing act between diagnosis and prognosis. And I think, you know, that, that everybody needs to, to understand that the prognosis is only that. And if you had accepted the prognosis of that first oncologist, you wouldn't be here to do this. And you chose a different course to get another prognosis. And pancreatic cancer is an ass-kicking cancer. And <laughs> no you, kidding. <laughs> you know, you are upright and you are positive and you are clear-headed. And, you know, and it's been, you know, eight weeks, nine weeks since the doctors told you what they told you. Um, you said something to me that you want to make it to Cooperstown. And that held a special moment for not only me having two sons that are 24 and 22, but knowing that, that your boys are, you know, 18 and is it 15? 15. Yeah. So just talk about how maybe like, I know baseball keeps you alive. I know making an impact in, in the kids' lives and Jackie's life keeps you, keeps you going, but Cooperstown is special to you. Talk a little bit about what you hope for there. So Cooperstown has been special to me since, um, you know, right, right when my oldest son, right when I was diagnosed, rather, my oldest son was 12. And that was his team's year to go to Cooperstown. Traditionally, you go when you're 12 years old and it's the little diamond. And it's just like you see on ESPN with these kids going absolutely bananas um, <laughs> doing their Little League World Series stuff. So I, I was just diagnosed and I think I had started chemo that week. So I literally got to go up and watch one day of baseball 
um, and drive back that night. And I remember that drive back um, and not knowing if I was ever going to see another game after that. It was it was not good. And then knowing that, you know, it was during that time up there, I have a very good friend of mine that we were talking about taking over the nine-year-old team for my youngest son. He had a son that age too. And I remember him, you know, shaking my hand and saying, we're going to do it, buddy. We're going we're gonna to bring that team to Cooperstown. I remember shaking his hand and just thinking, man, there's, there's no way I'm going to make it there. But I, I appreciate it. And that's what was going through my head. And he kept me positive, And that became, that became my goal. And at the time, it was something like, you know, would we have a thousand days until Cooperstown? And then we would count it down. And every once in a while, he'd send me a note. Hey, just so you know, 782 days till Cooperstown. You know, no matter how bad it got, every once in a while, I just get these random texts of numbers. And then those last couple of weeks, they just kept going down rapidly. And uh, I happened to be wearing our, my coaching shirt from that trip to Cooperstown right, right now. I'm wearing my Cooperstown shirt. And I just checked. We are entered for a tournament in Cooperstown this year. Uh, it's like a field of dreams kind of place with corn being raised in the bat in the outfield, and it's just it's fantastic. But as uh, I just checked, there's 150 days until that. So I will grab my pitch counter that I keep when I had to have major back surgery, and they told me I couldn't move for six months. I'll come down in the morning and click one pitch and put it, put it down, and I'll come tomorrow morning and I'll click one pitch. Well, I got 150 days until Cooperstown, and you know I'll I'll start. Start clicking my clicker. Oh, I love it. I love it. It gets me that much closer. When you think about it, you can start playing. I'm a loan officer, so I'm going to play math games with myself. You know, hey, it's already been 15 days. That's 10% of the time you needed to get through there. You know, you're that much closer, and you can just reset and just, just play number games. So loan officers do. We're very good at that. I love it. Love it. What are your boys' names? Robert and Patrick. Robert's 18. Patrick's 15. Yeah. So I'm just going to say to Robert and Patrick, your dad's a stud and you know that. And uh, his life has uh, impacted a lot, a lot of people and it's going to continue to impact. Um, and I'm proud of you guys, the way that you've stood, stood strong with your dad on this and obviously uh, wish you guys the best. Talk a little bit about you and Jackie and, and just uh, how much she has helped you get through this. And just like as a, as a husband, what's important about this journey? Well, from her perspective, I worry more about, you know, obviously I worry about the boys. I worry about her more than anything else. And she's just absolutely been a rock, you know, for most of the time, you know, I've been able to take myself to a lot of treatments, but recently I just can't anymore. So, you know, with COVID, she's been working at home for the greater part of a year anyway. Um, we're kind of used to that setup. So she's here. She can support me. She, um, she does anything I need. I try to remember to say please, cause she appreciates that. Um, but she'll, you know, she'll make me my shake in the morning of, you know, ensure protein and ensure protein this and a banana that and the 700 calorie shake. I'll, I'll drink in the morning to get some food in me and then take my medicine and fall back asleep for a couple hours. But you know, she, she's there and she does not get too high. She does not get too low. She's, she's, she's just steady as she comes. So, I mean, there that I know I can count on. There's, somebody, there's always somebody there. If I need to get up and she's in the kitchen, I can walk over and just grab her and give her a hug. Um, uh, and she helps, me get, she helps me get through everything. Sometimes I just want to hold a hand for a, a little while as we're going to sleep. Absolute world, just to, just to be comfortable and have somebody you want to be with. Yeah. Awesome. 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 So I think, you know, the, the final thing I'd like to just talk to you about is the, the idea behind um, coming, coming from where you are right this, this moment. 
Um, and, and then at the front end of our time together, you know, if, if you can impact one more life and what I told you about is, is I think, uh, tens of thousands of people, maybe, maybe hundreds of thousands will be impacted by this. What is your, uh, besides 86,400, which could be just what it is, um, what's your message to people? Cause a couple of times you have said to me that your spirit going through this is hoping for the best, preparing for the worst. And, um, you know, the, the wake up call that hopefully thousands and thousands of people don't have to experience because you have a, a message at the tail end of this about just life and priorities. Um, so let's, let's take that piece to the finish line and tell us your thoughts on that. And what would you encourage everybody who's listening to this to really think on? Stop getting ready to get ready. You know, it just, just do it. It's really not that hard. Read a book, do something good for yourself. Um, uh, what was the other one we say a lot is when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. And I find that true in every phase of life, whether it's, you know, whether it's working with you or some of the great people I've worked with, it could be other baseball coaches. It could be, you know, had the opportunity to work with Jocko back uh, a while ago and learn and listen and talk to him and get, get close to him as, Quite an experience. <laughs> Have you been close to him? I can tell you, I know that <laughs> he's a big human. <laughs> he, um, but I, I do it now. You know, don't don't wait to get around because you just don't know how many days you have left. You know, I kind of pondered through my first ten or so years in the business, and then really decided to get serious about it. And thank God I did when I did, because had I waited, and the numbers would have worked out differently as they easily could have then I wouldn't be able to stay in my house, um, you know, with my wife and kids comfortably. I'd be looking for other arrangements or moving back in with somebody's family. And that's just not what I wanted to be. You know, I've given my wife and family everything I think you could as a father. Uh, you know, they've never wanted it wanted for anything. I'm sure of that. And, uh, you know, you've got a beautiful house and you go to great schools and there's nothing better I could do as a father than to give you everything that you need. Now the rest, the rest is up to you guys. My oldest is going to be fine. I worry about my youngest, but he's got a great support network around him. Um, and my wife is, my wife will be fine. She's, she's a rock. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the, the absolute diamond in that, in that thought process, John is, um, someday could be today. And we, we spend so much time someday. I will someday. I will someday. I will. Mm -hmm. And I think beyond um, immeasurable things that just in this half hour together, um, I think everybody can learn by, it is you may not have someday. You may not have anything other than today. And what I would like to encourage everybody to do is to do, you know, my friend Zig Ziglar used to say, it's time for a checkup from the neck up, you know, and that's just like <laughs> up here, man. And especially coming out of a season like we have in mortgage with rates being as low as they have. And uh, even talking to a couple of CEOs the other day about um, the relentless pressure success puts on people and how it really just should not be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. And we allow it. And I think that, you know, for me, um, I was telling Deb that we were going to do this today. And I, you know, I said, my hope for everybody is they realize that there's only there's only three things there's there's love and there's time and there's there's death and far too often what ends up happening is love gets compromised because time gets abused and we have physical um, manifestations of low productivity and stress and anxiousness and we can actually be 
while while still walking and being alive, we actually can be dead, and we're we're letting life pass us by. And the message you give to everybody is, don't do that. Because if you had not paid attention in those ten years, and if you had not said, "I'm all in," and I'm going to do this, you would be you would. I I don't even know how this would have turned out. And um, and for me, it's a remarkable it's a remarkable demonstration of treating treating all the time that you have with reverence and understanding that every minute is a gift and those minutes are made up of seconds. And it's six years, almost six years from that note, you know, a couple months away from six years. And the fact that we're having this conversation, which is so cogent and so clear and so amazing is just testimony to who you are as a man. And it's just an honor to be your friend. And, um, <laughs> well, it's much appreciated. You've been a fantastic friend to me over the years for no other reason than that's just genuinely who you, who you who you are, and it's just you're just genuine. And you know, we've had a lot of fun together. We've learned, we've innovated, we've um, I've loved everything about it. You know, it's just it's just been fun when you yeah. can put something in your business and see it work and see your see your productivity go up and your time invested. You know, the time investment that you make in your business when you see that number go down and your income number go up well, wait a minute, you know, I can do this making more money in less time and spending more time with my family and doing the things I want to do. All right, let's just do it that way. I just want to do it that way. Sounds so much easier. Oh, man, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Well, um, Jackie, thanks for being such a great wife and supporting John and, and again, your boys. And uh, dude, I just, I love you. You know that. Um, I value every moment we get to text or see each other. And I know that you're on a journey that you've accepted and your attitude is positive. And uh, I think it's a remarkable uh, demonstration of your your desire to help people win, to have figured out how to spend half an hour with me and just kind of pour out uh, your heart and your wisdom. And it has been amazing. And I just, uh, Deb and I continue to pray for God's speed on your journey. And uh, I know we'll be in touch soon, but thank you for making an impact and for taking the time to, you know, just pour your heart out. And uh, we love you for it. Thank you. Much appreciated. Thank All you. Right. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching this special, special time with John Jones. And uh, we'll look forward to being with you again on another podcast.